This is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. Happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. I feel great. Doesn't have much to do with the calendar, but a couple of things did come together. And I'm feeling very good. Basically, uh, why am I feeling so good? I'll tell you what I did over the break, and I'm going to keep it up. Going to bed before 10 o'clock, waking up without an alarm clock right around 6 is a game changer. I heard it from Dr. Oz a long time ago. Go to bed at the same time every night, and then you'll wake up the same time the next morning, whether it's uh, New Year's Eve or July 4th or Tuesday you should go to bed at the same uh, time. That's what I'm doing. It feels magnificent. Uh, the other thing, it's this, this is not a New Year's resolution, but it kind of coincides because I really started doing this about 10 days ago. Uh, I'm done with eating any food out of a package. It's, um, man, oh, man, you'd be surprised how quickly the weight will drop off when you stop eating fake food. And what is fake food? Basically anything in a package. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. All this stuff, so addictive, tasty, salty, all that nonsense. Got rid of it. Feeling fantastic. I feel very optimistic about the future, even optimistic for the country's future, even optimistic for the city's future, even though I don't know how this is all going to play out because don't believe the hype. Don't believe the headlines. We have a total amateur as mayor. Um, I'm going to talk about that for a moment because, let's face it, the fake news will be gorging on January 6th propaganda every day, all day long through January 6th, which is Thursday, the one-year anniversary of what happened at the Capitol. They're going to exaggerate. They're going to distort. They will continue to say this is the worst thing that ever happened. Essentially, everything, and I mean everything that they say about January 6th is a big fat lie it is oh my god the truth it's it truly does set you free there's nothing like just figuring it all out and realizing what's happening they are lying day in and day out one of the biggest go-to uh user-friendly lies for the fake news the worst insurrection Ever. The worst violence at the Capitol since the War of 1812. Now, I've debunked that a million times, but I'll do it one more time, okay? It's not the worst thing that ever happened at the Capitol. Remember, only one person was killed that day, Ashley Babbitt, and she was unarmed. She didn't deserve to be shot. What has happened at the Capitol since the War of 1812? Let's see. Five members of Congress were shot in 1955 inside the House of Representatives. That's pretty bad, huh? How about the bomb that blew up in World War One? How about the other bomb that blew up in 1980? How about the two Capitol Police officers who were shot and killed in 1998? How about the Capitol Police officer who was killed in 2021? Not in January, not January 6th, but in April. An Islamic radical terrorist nutjob rammed his car into a Capitol Hill police officer. None of that. No, they don't want you to know about that. They don't want you to think about that. You've got to. They are so committed to selling you on their fake news narrative. It's all to hurt not only Trump, supporters of Trump, and to control the narrative, to get you from stop thinking a certain way, from stop. They want to stop you from talking a certain way. 
It is incredible. And what is going to happen next, believe me, it hit me the other day. You know, I I said it. I knew it in my head that they would start this, but now I can feel it. Now I can see it. I'm connecting the dots, okay? So you know I read the Bible. And you know, Irene, I know you're out there. I am sending you a Bible today, all right? Me in the post office. It's a very hard thing for me to actually do. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to get the box. And here's how I'm actually going to ensure that you get uh, the big book, uh, Irene. My wife, I'm designated my wife. She listens to this show most of the time. She will get wind that I made this promise to you, and she will make it happen, all right, because she is very good at the post office. I'm terrible. I don't know what to do. It would take me an, I just I, I, a package, weighing it, all that stuff. How to? I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. But it will be done. Anyway, you know how they've been canceling anybody who uh, – was remotely even alive during the uh, 1700s, 1800s, you know, slavery. Oh, Thomas Jefferson, he owned slaves. Well, you know who um, you know who made a lot of points about slavery and slaves? Jesus. Yes. He didn't condone slavery, but parable after parable, he tells stories about the good slave and the bad slave. Now, one could argue, I suppose, Jesus was perfect, but... There are those who will argue, well, he's condoning slavery by telling those stories. That's what's going to happen next. Trust me, it's happening. It is just murmurs right now, just murmurs. But the murmurs, you've seen it before, right? The police, oh, we don't like the police. All of a sudden, nobody likes the police. All of a sudden, cancel the cops. All of a sudden, defund the police. Which brings me to our new joke of a mayor, Eric Adams. Now, Greg, why don't you give him a honeymoon period? Why are you giving Eric Adams a hard time? He just got there. What do you expect him to do? You get this, dummies. You don't give him a honeymoon period. Nobody deserves a honeymoon period other than your spouse. Um, you apply pressure early to get his attention, to keep him in check, to motivate him. All Eric Adams is doing is running around town saying, I can't believe I'm the mayor. Look at me. I'm, I'm the mayor. I used to be beat up in this precinct, and now I'm the mayor. My mom would be so proud of me. That's beautiful. I don't care about your life story anymore. You've got a job to do. Get it the freak done. He, but the problem is he doesn't know how to do it. Now, I do know some people who know him, and I do know there are some people I don't know, uh, but I know he knows them. We're talking to them, him, and uh, he made one or two decent hires. So who knows? But I'll tell you right now, <laughs> even the New York Post, one of the greatest newspapers that ever uh, that ever existed in this country, has been giving this guy a great big fat wet kiss. Well, doesn't he deserve one on day one? I don't think so, actually. He became the nominee back in uh, June. So he became the next mayor. In June, and he still hasn't filled up all the jobs. And oh, he's so oh, he's boasting about how everyone's black, everyone's everyone's uh, Latino, everyone's female. We don't care. Fill the spots, get the job done. So his big first decision as a law enforcement the chief law enforcement officer of the city, I guess what that's what the mayor is. I'm not going to take a detail with me. He doesn't want police protection. Now, there are probably a lot of reasons why uh, Eric Adams doesn't want to hang around with the cops. Uh, you know what I mean? 
yeah, I, I don't think he wants cops knowing what he does, knowing where he goes, uh, all that stuff. But um, he made a big show the very first day in office that he did not want anybody, uh, any cops with him. How did he put it? Let's see here. He said, uh, uh, I got a great quote of him. He's saying, we have too many police in large numbers. Who who believes that? Who would ever believe that? And he tells the reporter, I'm not going to have anybody with me from law enforcement. I just want to know what the people are thinking. That's a great move right up until you get a pie in your face or you witness an assault happening a half block away. You're the mayor of the city of New York. You ran because you say you're some sort of crime buster. And what can he do in this position? What does he do? He does what anybody would do. Anybody who's not an authority. I did this five times last year. Called 911. That's what a citizen does, right? Yeah, sure. What about the mayor? He's got 50,000 guys working for him. Maybe dispatch one of those. That's when a security detail would have come in handy. So Eric Adams on his first day in office is surrounded by cameras, surrounded by lackeys, those who work for him and those who also work for him, the media, and they watch him call 911 as basically 200 feet away from him, someone's getting beaten up by two guys. Uh, Eric Adams calling 911. Cut 49. Yes, uh, I'm at Broadway in Kosciuszko, and I have an assault in progress of three males. Yes. I'm sorry. That's it. He calls he calls in to 911. You can do that, I can do that. He just got elected mayor. This guy doesn't understand power. He doesn't understand how to get things done. That's the problem. That's what I'm worried about. Big time, and you should be too. Am I being too hard on him? I don't think so. Not one bit. The crime. This is what the New York Post. This is why they endorsed him. He'll know how to fight crime. Call 911. Not impressed. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-WABC. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Uh, oh, this was pretty wild. It happened while I was gone. The whole... Uh, Joe Biden is taking calls on Christmas Eve, and someone calls in and gives him a let's go, Brandon. I watched this. You watched this. You heard it. You chuckled. Uh, the guy who uh, made the call was actually on my show with uh, substitute anchor Carl Higby. Did a great job. I really wanted to meet this guy. I think I will someday. Uh, now, there's one point about this that I haven't heard anybody make. I'm about to make it to you. But first... Uh, let's go. Let's set the scene one more time. It's Christmas Eve and Joe Biden is taking phone calls. Uh, why is he taking phone calls again? He was taking phone calls from like, you know, when the military pretends they're tracking Santa and all that stuff. It's cute. But I guess people were calling in and this guy did not know he was going to get Joe Biden. This wasn't something he planned. This wasn't a prank. This was spontaneous. And it was beautiful. Go ahead. I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry thank Christmas you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I <laughs> <Yeah>. agree. <laughs> hey, by the way, where are you in Oregon? And then he hung up. 
He didn't know. So uh, what do I love about that? Well, everything. But also, did you notice Joe Biden doesn't know anything about the Let's Go Brandon craze? 200 million Americans are talking about Brandon, and he doesn't know about it. They've cut him off. They've isolated him. He's on his own. They only know what they tell him. And Joe is such a nasty hothead, nobody wants to bring him bad news. No one's going to go in there and tell him that you've become a national joke, a punchline. So, I mean, Jill knows, but Joe didn't. He even reiterates it. Can I hear that one? When he reiterates it, when he picks it up again, he says it over again. He doesn't know, but Jill knows he doesn't. It's astounding. Give me that one more time. I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Oh, Merry thank Christmas, you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I <laughs> yeah. agree. Hey, by the way, where, are you in Oregon? Are you in Oregon? Okay. <laughs> He's doing this whole schmaltzy political thing. Oh, I know somebody in Oregon. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's <laughs> so difficult. Uh, but the the disturbing thing. Well, wait a second. Attorney General subpoenas Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump. This must be that illiterate Trish, Tish James, Trisha James, whatever. Yes, our New York State Attorney General, who somebody has to look into it. Did she actually go to law school? I don't know if she did. I think she might have gone to one of those upstairs law schools in California. Literally, anybody can start a law school. Uh, you don't have to be accredited. So she's not very good at the law. Uh, she's in trouble herself. You know, she's being sued by the Trumps. This is prosecutorial harassment. This is governmental harassment of a private citizen. Has been for a long time. She is. Uh, she campaigned with the pledge that she was going to sue Trump. Remember that? I mean, that's just. I don't think I'm no lawyer, but I do know that the to be a lawyer, they got this code and they got these ethics uh, criteria. You gotta. I don't know. Like investigate, weigh the evidence first, right? All that stuff. No. It's just a campaign pledge. We shouldn't have elections for attorneys. I know you want to tell me where she went to law school officially. Where'd she go? She went to Howard University. Howard University. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, where were we? <laughs> uh, 800-848-WABC. 800-848-WABC. Uh, the Brandon thing is uh, is amazing. No one's telling him anything. He doesn't know what's going on. And that was... Um, it's, it's both... It's actually not – it's good and bad. <laughs> it's 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 both good and bad. Um, it's actually not surprising either. It's not surprising. Oh, while I was away, I got Kamala Harris in a great big fat lie. I mean this was a doozy too. And she can say this stuff right to the fake news. I guess they're not inclined to fact check. They intuitively believe them or what. Here's Kamala Harris talking to uh, fake news reporter Margaret Brennan on CBS. Uh, By the way, I do hope that Kamala Harris gets the help she needs. She clearly has a drug or alcohol problem. I'm not kidding. I've heard this from very reliable sources. Having struggled with alcohol in my past, I hope that she gets the help that she needs. Uh, And it's out there. It's available to everyone. And I said this again. I said it on Twitter with sincerity. Talk to Hunter. He knows about this stuff. He hasn't been very. He does. This is one thing where he could actually help. Anyway, Kamala Harris lying. Go ahead. 
you may know, I am a child of parents who met when they were active in the civil rights movement. There is so much about this fight for um, justice and the ideals of our democracy that are part of just my DNA. And on the issue of voting, we have seen 18 at least states, over a dozen states, that have passed, I'm told, 33 laws that are making it difficult for the American people to vote. You know, I've been meeting with prime ministers and presidents from around the world. Um, one of my favorite interactions was with the now um, past uh, chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel. And we talked about everything that has to do with our relative security as nations and, and our priorities. And then she asked me about voting. And she knew what was going on here. Because people around the world watch what we do as America because we have held ourselves out to be a model of the eff efficacy of the the. the the, the ability of a democracy to coexist with an economic strength and power. We have been a role model saying you can see this and aspire to this and reject autocracies mm -hmm. and autocratic leadership. Mm -hmm. And right now we're about to take ourselves off the map as a role model. If we let, if we let people destroy one of the most important pillars of a democracy, which is free and fair elections. You're talking about... Uh. Unfettered access to voting. Unfettered. Free and fair elections. Here's what she's lying about. Everything! Now, voter ID. Voter ID makes sense, right? It totally makes sense. I got to show my ID 15 times a day. You got to show your ID to pick up the food in the bass and, and, and from the lobby if you get a delivery. To come into the building, you got to show your ID. Bill de Blasio, may he rest in peace, said back in 2014 that everybody, including and especially young people, must carry ID with them at all times. Okay? Identification. You need it to, you need it to operate in the world. Except when it comes time to vote. So did you notice she mentioned Angela Merkel? I know I let her play on way too long there, but Angela Merkel uh, used to run Germany. She said, well, I had breakfast with her, and Angela Merkel's like, what are you guys doing with the voting? Oh, my gosh, this is so anti-democratic, what you're doing. And I'm like, you know, I've been to Germany. That's a pretty organized place. Hmm. Um, do they just uh, mail out brochures and get everybody who wants to vote votes just, just like that? Just that, That's all? Like every, uh, Of course not. Of course not. What do you need to vote in Germany? Identification. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big time, big time. So, Kamala, um, you're either outright lying and or Merkel is playing with you. Might be a combination of both. Your calls when I return. Happy New Year again, everybody. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Ah. Ah. It is good to be back. Uh, the only thing is I forgot all my passwords for every computer at work. I just, uh, oh, and by the way, I think today, uh, if you are working in New York City, and not a lot of people are, <laughs> a lot of people are uh, calling in sick, taking off forever. Uh, COVID is now the ultimate excuse for a lot of different things. I know some people have it for real. I know a lot of people are just terrified of it for real. Um, they don't have to be, but they are. Uh, and then there are some people taking advantage of the situation. Yes, I know. I, it does happen, right? It does. It does. Of course it does. You know it. I know it. Now, I think 
officially the policy is right now to work in New York City, you need to be vaccinated, which is far more stringent than the federal policy that has a testing option, which, oh, by the way, many of us believe is illegal and they're making progress uh, appealing that. All right. Let's go to the phone. uh, The phone. Aaron in New Jersey. Yes, sir. Hi, Greg. Hi. Great to be on your show. Of course. Love you on television. It's it's really an honor. It's so cool that I got on the show. I wanted to ask you, you said that uh, Eric Adams called the police. If he didn't have a detail, what did you want him to do besides for call the police? Well, the thing is, I wanted him to have a detail with him. All right. Now, this is the mayor. This is the mayor who campaigned for this job basically all of his life, especially over the past year, saying that he would be a crime buster. Okay, that he knew better than you, better than me, because he had been a cop, how to fight crime. Okay, so, Aaron, let me ask you something. Uh, You didn't run for mayor. I'm guessing you not. You weren't a cop. I've never been a cop. I've called 911 before your first day in office. Right. After you told the whole world that you would you would be this this crime buster. And what does he do? Now, you're impressed with this, apparently. I'm not. Now, I'm going to play for everybody what he did. One more time. Cut 49. Yes, uh, I'm at Broadway in Kosciuszko, and I have an assault in progress, uh, three males. Yes. I'm sorry. All right. So, now, this is coming off uh, him boasting to reporters earlier that day. Actually, like 20 minutes ahead of time, he's what? Because I've put this on social media. I'm talking about it. People are like, well, why why didn't he have one of the people with him, one of the cops? He's surrounded by like 100 people. Why didn't he have a cop make the phone call? Guess what? There were no cops with him. His first decision regarding law enforcement was a stupid one. Play that clip of him telling everybody, bragging that he's not going to have cops with him. Go ahead. Also, the city is safe. We should have, uh, you know, a, just a limited amount of a lot of police personnel. Stop. You know, there are days that... <laughs> keep going, keep going. Incredible threat. Uh, we'll make sure we have appropriate amount. Yesterday we had officers that were with us because we were down in Times Square. So we're going to have a unique modification of when we're going to use our police manpower. All right. So you really... A limited amount of a lot of police, okay? A limit, that's really, that's poetry, isn't it? So you see my frustration now, Aaron? He said he's not going to have the cops with him. A half block away from him, a crime happens. And what can he do? He can't tell a cop to radio it in. He can't because they don't have any radios because he doesn't have any cops. Now, you think this is charming or something like that? Because that's how the fake news is playing it. Ooh, what do you really think of this now? Yeah, I definitely see how it's like spitting in the face of cops. Like, I don't need you. Um, and I, I definitely, I definitely see, you know, the value of the of the mayor walking around with cops. And if he would, you say, you know, you say, tell his detail to go arrest the person or whatever, you know, help out. That exactly, woman. exactly. And you know what, Curtis Sliwa would have done. He would have run down there and helped the guy, or at least yell out, "Stop! Stop beating that guy up!" It's incredible to me. It's unbelievable, and it's so emblematic. And by the way, they're all giving him a wet kiss. Look at the New York Post. Eric Adams jumps into action by picking up the phone, dialing 911. I did that that about a half dozen times last year. That He doesn't get special credit for that. In fact, he gets demerits. 
This guy has 50,000 cops to choose from. It's one of the biggest jobs in America. You got to take a cop with you. What? All right, Aaron, listen, I I got it. You agree with me. I appreciate it, Aaron. Aaron, keep watching the TV show. I appreciate it. Very exciting things. Wait a second. Wait a second. Somebody has something. uh, Monica in New Jersey has something to say about this. Yes, Monica. Well, Happy New Year, and thank you very much for the information in part. So what? He called 911, but when they came, they looked the situation over and they left. He could have at least gotten off the train or whatever he was doing and waited for them to come. You know, if I saw somebody getting beat up, I just as a human being would – I'd have to stay there until the situation was resolved. Now, what happened was the cops – you know, they're in a difficult spot. <laughs> they are in a very difficult spot. They show up. Guess what people do? The general public. They hold up their stupid phones and try to catch them doing something wrong. So I understand their reluctance right now. They have been criminalized, penalized. Everything's on the line. Not only their jobs, but their freedom. Their freedom. So these cops showed up. And by the way, they were done beating up the guy. So they look out the window they probably were all guilty of something, all three of them. You know what I mean? Who knows what it was over. And there was nothing going on, so they, they left. They said, are you guys okay? And they all said yes, and they left. I don't blame the cops. Blame our new stupid mayor. Thank you, Monica, very much. Uh, let's see here. Do I – what did you – I got to take a quick break. I got to figure out my password, see what the snack bar situation is like in 2022. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Anybody remember uh, Ted Koppel? Remember Ted Koppel? Uh, Let's see. He became big in like 79 or 80. That's when they invented Nightline. Every night they had special coverage of the Iranian hostage situation. And uh, which was a big deal, of course, and everybody was on the edge of their seat for like uh, how many? I think it was 444 days. For whatever reason, that number sounds like it's the number. It was like November of 79 all the way to January 20th of uh, 81. The moment Reagan became president, the uh, hostages were released. Anyway, uh, but Ted Koppel kept that show going. It was like America held hostage day 42. America held hostage day 387. Then it was America let free day two, day four. And, uh, hey, by the way, what the hell happened to Antonio Brown, this this buccaneer? When, uh, can you send um, Dino in here? Is he here today? Shoot. Who else knows about sports? You do? Uh, what the hell happened? He threw a tantrum in the middle of the game. It was the third quarter. And he took off his shoulder pads. He took off his shirt, his jersey. He uh, waved to the crowd and then walked off. Was he winning or losing? They were, at the time, losing. Was he? Did he do a bad job? Was he, oh, there he is. I see him jumping up and down like he's doing calisthenics. It's to my knowledge that he was hurt and the coaches wanted him to play. Who is that other nut job that uh, used to act like this? Um, Odell Beckham, right? Right. Same, same kind of thing. Yeah, no, he was on the Giants at the time. So, uh, and this guy's already been fired, Antonio Brown. I feel like he's, his name is familiar. What else did he do? What else is he known for? He was also on Dancing with the Stars. I, I'm not sure, but I believe he won, actually. You're kidding. Wow. So, uh, is he known to be crazy? Yeah, no, he's had, uh, he's had some moments before. And what does Tom Brady say? Because Tom Brady is the captain of that team, right? Yeah, no, Tom Brady, he was 
he said he hopes he gets help. He hopes everything goes well for him, but obviously he's no longer a buck. Do I? Can I hear this? I'd love to hear what he said. I yeah, I'll, I'll get that. I like. I want to hear. Can we hear Antonio Brown having his meltdown or doing whatever? Uh, uh, it's not really like an audio for that. Because everyone's going crazy. Uh, just the crowd kind of like reacts to it. Are they laughing? They're just like they're just like in shock. Honestly, they just don't know how to react. Wow. I would have known how to react. I don't know. I, I yeah, maybe I would have been. Uh, what's the word? Nonplussed. That's when you don't know how to react. All right, thanks, uh, Matt, very much. You got mm-hmm. it. Uh, let's see. Well, I hope he's uh, okay. That guy. Um, uh, you know who needs help? This person. Uh, let's see. All right, LGBTQ. I really don't care to be honest. I uh, I think we're all human beings. We all have challenges, but. Uh, if you're in the LGBTQ world, a lot of them think they're just better than uh, you, <laughs> better than me if you're not LGBTQ. And this one person went viral over the weekend. Uh, I don't know if her name is Jeffrey or Jenny or whatever. It's obviously a man who wants to look like a woman. And this person had a few things to say. Uh, cut 53, please. Let me tell you something about LGBTQ, right? It's about trans, right? This is only going in one direction. You will respect us. You can be upset. You can be angry. You can think it's unfair. You can feel like we're stealing something from you. But it's still only going in one direction. You will respect us. Nah, I don't think so. (laughs) No, especially you, pal. With that little presentation you just made. Uh, I am going to basically do what I've always done, which is really not pay you much mind at all uh, until Caitlyn Jenner showed up on TV once uh, every now and then or what else? Somebody would show a movie from the 1970s and what was the tennis player's name? Renee Richards. In the meantime, no respect. None. 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 I don't care about your decision to mutilate your genitals or add a pair of genitals, or whatever the hell it is you did. No respect for that. None. None. Now, before anybody calls the Human Rights Commission, let me just tell you, I really don't respect anybody based on their sex or gender. None. <laughs> I respect people as human beings. Is it you want to, whatever your name was, Jeffrey, Jenny, Respect as a human being. You're really, <laughs> you, you really don't seem to deserve it right now with that attitude. But that's where it comes from. The things that God gave you, not the things that you assigned yourself, you dummy. And what a weird tone that was. And everyone's uh, applauding his bravery. I don't think too many people have come out and said, no respect, no respect. Let's see. Gail, do you have any respect for such a statement? Gail from Cortland Manor. Hello again. Gregory, <clears throat> happy new year. Happy new year. Congrats on the baby. Thank you. She's one month old today. Oh, God bless. I don't know her that well, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I just, she's just always swaddled and, you know, just, I just, you know, we're going to connect going long term. I know it's going to happen. Gail, what's up? Um, I have a question for you about ID for voting. Mm. It really irks me. 
Now, um, you mentioned Germany. They do have ID when when they vote. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Of course they do. Any civilized country is going to have ID. We're the ones who roll the dice and say, write this. We're going to compare it with your signature from two years ago. And we're the only ones who have done it this way. It doesn't make any sense. And now we're going to fix it. And everyone's trying to say, oh, my gosh, you're canceling democracy. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, that's okay. I went to my local uh, voting uh, district, and um, it was for a local election. And what happened? Wait, did you tell me the story before? No. All right, keep going. I met this woman. I met this woman, and she said to me, there's no need for ID. You ready for this? Because people don't, all people do not have ID. Okay, I know. So I I just walked by her. I just didn't even. Gail, Gail, Gail. She's right, though. I mean, the policy is for most of New York, you don't need ID. She's just offering her opinion on, you know, that kind of, which is a crap, quite frankly, idea that people don't, can't get ID. Everybody has ID. I understand. And everybody should have ID. And basically everybody does have ID. But when I went to vote, I wasn't required to have ID. There's no voter requirement in New York State for ID. You just, that's, it's not, you know that, right? So she was. Yes. You, you just got. You just got into a. You know, a theoretical discussion with that woman. Her thoughts on the subject are just her thoughts. Right. I voted every time. I don't think I've ever presented identification to vote no. in New York State, which act, which makes no sense, right? We agree. Right. Yeah. Anyway, but if you buy cigarettes, you have to show your ID. It's. I know it's ludicrous. And by the way, now I got to show my uh, vaccination papers, detailed health information. I got to show strangers. This is not right. They're up to something. It's called stealing elections. I sh- this is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hi, Greg Kelly, as seen on Meet the Press. Meet the Press. I was on the Meet the Fake News yesterday. Uh, not as a guest. They uh, they pulled something I said from the last year, thinking it was the worst thing they ever heard. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe he said this? Oh, oh, listen to what the right-wing media is saying. Oh, And um, it was fantastic, by the way. Number one, I look great. I was a little bit thinner back then. Uh, I love the tie I was wearing. I look fantastic. And, uh, I mean, you know, I've, quite frankly, gone way downhill since... Um, COVID and the eating and the whatever. Anyway, uh, but I'm getting back. So they played this clip of me saying that uh, Joe Biden is only pretending to be uh, president-elect because at this point he's not uh, president-elect. That does not happen until January 6th. This is a media invention. It's a creation. The actual designation does not exist until the full Congress meets and certifies. And uh, they thought, oh, my God, can you believe this? What a... What a white supremacist. How could he say something like that? Well, it's totally true, by the way. You you know, look, the January 6th um, misinformation campaign has been underway since, well, J- January 6th. And it's going to be in total overdrive this week. They are going to hype the hell out of January 6th. They're going to drag out those uh, fake cops all over again, those Trump-hating cops. Let's see. Uh, Harry Dunn. Officer Gunnell, the one who said he took an oath to protect this country. Um, good news is um, Michael Fanone is no longer a police officer. He is a full-time fake news CNN analyst, so he'll be over there. 
so there's going to be a lot of this nonsense. Um, and they won't tell you the truth about January 6th. They'll continue with their lies. Uh, let's see here. Lie number one. It was an insurrection. It was an insurrection. It was a, wasn't an insurrection. We know what insurrections look like. Insurrection, well, an attempted insurrection happened in um, Portland, Oregon. Not one night, not two nights, but about 75 nights in a row when that great big mob of Antifa nutjobs tried to take over the courthouse. Remember that? That's That's an insurrection. Even the White House, they try to take over the White House in the summer of 2020. You try to scale the White House. What, what do you control if you control Congress? Not that they try to take control of Congress. That's a whole other story. But what do you what do you control? I mean, you, you're not in charge of anything. You take over the White House. That's uh, that's a different story. That's where they have all the buttons. You know, that's where you can. That's where you can control our military. All right. It wasn't an insurrection. Nobody was charged with an insurrection. Let's see. Uh, they try to say it was a deadly riot, and Capitol Hill police officers were killed. The only person, the only thing that makes that deadly is the killing of Ashley Babbitt. And oh, by the way, the fake news is trying to destroy her legacy. It will not work. It will not work. The Associated Press found some person who was formerly associated with uh, uh, the people in the Babbitt world. And uh, this person, her name is Norris. Looks like she was just a great big nuisance filing all kinds of uh, frivolous lawsuits against the Babbitts. And now she's telling her story to the Associated Press. And I got all kinds of people. Oh, wow, look at this. You see? Mm. Oh, Ashley Babbitt was not a uh, not a saint. Nobody ever said she was. No one's a saint. No one's perfect. And they try to find out. I, I can't tell what's what's right, what's wrong here, what's what's accurate, what's not. I'm told that it's mostly inaccurate, fake news, lies. But you know what? Everybody, <laughs> real people have real problems. Real people have real problems. And the fake news, if they want to, they can look into anybody and find something. And if they don't find something, they'll just make it up anyway. But let's say they find something and they can exaggerate, distort, hype, or just take something and when you put it in the newspaper, it looks like the worst thing that ever happened. It's not the worst thing that ever happened. It happens to people all the time. This is something about, you know, who was dating who at what time and, you know, was there an extramarital thing and, you know, who? <sighs> hello, this is life. This is uh, people are not perfect. You can achieve the closest thing to perfection for you personally with a relationship with you-know-who, Jesus but in the meantime, if we try to do this stuff on our own, we are, we will fail. That's what we do all the time, all the time. So the Associated Press, on the one-year anniversary of her death, almost, trying to um, take her down yet another peg because the fake news, what, they've called her a terrorist. Oh, I mean, how how worse can it be than terrorist? In my book... She's a hero for her military service, number one. And number two, I think she's a patriot. I do. I know something about her at this point. I've, I've read about her. I've talked to, to her, her family. I never met her, but I like her. And I think she was motivated out of goodness. <laughs> and she wanted to be there um, on January 6th. I wanted to be – I wanted to see what was going down on January 6th. I didn't want to be – a part of any 
riot or protest, but I did want to see the Electoral Count Act in action. I wanted to see those House members rise up and say, I object. I wanted to see them joined by a United States senator who says, I object, and it's in writing, and here we go. Let's talk about this. I wanted to see that. It's one of the reasons why I'm very frustrated by what happened on January 6th. All that violence, all that chaos, it undermined what we wanted to happen on the inside. And that's exactly what they wanted. That's why I believe that a lot of this stuff was um, incited, not by Donald Trump, but by the left. And you can look it up. And I'll I'll be hitting this hard this week. We've talked about it here before. But who let those people inside? Why did the Capitol Hill police, in some instances, let those people inside? We have video documenting it, proving it. Who are some of those people who are breaking glass and walking away? Why are some people who are clearly there not wanted by the FBI? Why aren't they on the FBI list? Were they working for the FBI? Were they FBI agents? You know, I'm totally fine with having informants in a crowd if they take action to stop the law-breaking. You know, it happened here in New York City in 2004. Maybe you remember, maybe you don't. But we had major protests going on before the Republican National Convention. And guess what we had? We had little undercover cops out there in their midst because we didn't want them shutting down the city. And uh, they, well, informed on the lawbreakers, and that's what they should do. Side note, I don't like the whole idea of a rat. Who knows? Uh, I mean, the idea of a rat being a pejorative. What? What did he say? Yeah. Yeah. If you see something wrong, nine times out of ten, you have an obligation to report it or correct it or do something about it. Maybe it's ten times out of ten. The whole idea, I don't want to be a rat. What was that movie? Uh, Goodfellas. Mr. Hill, you know everything about being a rat. Uh, Mr. Hill, people call them rats because a rat will do anything to survive. Isn't that right, Mr. Hill? Duh, I don't know nothing about being a rat. You know everything about being a rat. That was the lawyer, Eddie Hayes, talking to Ray Liotta as uh, Henry Hill. In So anyway, if you see something wrong, you have to take action. And I don't care if it's your uh, fellow employee or whatever. Uh, you can talk to that person. You can, you know, with the gentle heart and say, this is wrong. Got to fix this. But uh, now you can't look the other way. I can't. You can't. You got to fix things. You got to. I'm not saying you got to go around being uh, McGruff, the crime dog, uh, you know, doing poking your nose and all kinds of things that you shouldn't be involved in. You don't have the training. I don't have the training. But when you see it right, right in front of you, you got to do something. And if you're the mayor of the city of New York, maybe that's more than just picking up the phone and dialing 911. What a pathetic display that was. Yes, he's getting credit by the same fake news that protected him. The same fake news that elevated him and did everything they could to trip up Andrew Yang and Curtis Sliwa. And uh, even that, what's her name again? Uh, I, I didn't like her anyway. The garbage woman lady, Garcia. I didn't like any of those. Well, I like I, look. I like Curtis. I really like Curtis. You know how I feel about Curtis. I voted for him. I really wanted him to win. Didn't happen. But I liked Andrew Yang too. I did. He made some bonehead moves in the campaign. You know, still a rookie in many respects. But he was a person of accomplishment. 
This guy should have been the Democrat nominee instead of Biden. I still would have been for Trump, but he would have been better than Biden. And he would have been light years better than uh, Eric Adams. And of all the candidates and everybody in the media, it took Andrew Yang, him. He had the guts. He had the boldness to call out Adams' miserable record and his deceit. It's all over the place. It was really fun to watch him get called out because Adams like hasn't been talking. Talk to, nobody talks to him like this. After all, he's a black guy. <laughs> I mean, why, why, wait, 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 wait. I get a free pass on all this stuff. You got to handle me with kid gloves. I saw that on uh, Morning Joe this morning. By the way, treating people of a different ethnicity from you differently—that's the height of racism in my book. Really. George W. Bush, for all of his flaws, called it the bigotry of soft expectations. All right. Where were we? Going through all the lies about January 6th? You're going to hear them all week. Oh, the police were heroes. Uh, I think you're a hero for signing up for the military. I think you're a hero for signing up for the police department. But then you got to do the job. And the fact that I think we gave out gold medals. Did we really give it? Check that. Did they hand out gold medals to every single Capitol Hill police officer? Because they didn't deserve it that day. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, did we go out giving medals after the Tompkins, uh, what was that, Tompkins Park riot? How many medals did they get? No, they didn't. They didn't. Let's see. What else? Uh, Trump did nothing to stop it. That's not true. You're going to hear that. Away. 187 minutes. Donald Trump did not do anything. That's what I call a big lie. It's a big lie saying the big lie is a big lie, by the way. What's up? They did, in fact, hand out gold medals. Gold medals to the Capitol Police. Yes. That's true. That's true. true. Read it for me. What do you got there? The House on Wednesday, and this article was made in March of of last year. Yeah. The House on Wednesday approved legislation to award congressional gold medals, one of the highest civilian honors, to law enforcement agencies – that protected the Capitol during the deadly insurrection okay, now on find January out, you got to find out if they actually signed off on that. So the House approved it. I don't know if they actually got the gold medals yet. You got to you got to check that out if you would. So um, yeah, a lot of lies. So I urge you to tune into the truth. My program. Uh, no one is uh, no one is prepared, willing, able has the. What is it? What do I have that they don't have? What is it that I have that they don't have? Hmm. An appreciation that uh, we're in. I don't know. I don't know, actually. I don't I can't get into that. That would require me getting into their heads. And I'm talking about the fake news. Why are they always looking over their shoulder? Why are they always talking in a certain way? Why are they varying what they say, depending upon the fashion of the moment? What's happening with that? I... I don't know. I don't know. Oh, as de Blasio exits the stage, hopefully forever, Andy Cohen, you know that guy from uh, Bravo TV? I heard about this. It got a lot of attention. Let me just see if he said anything funny. This is Andy Cohen talking to Anderson Cooper about what a crummy job de Blasio did, and he did it basically 10 feet away from de Blasio uh, on New Year's, uh, the big celebration in Times Square. Not so big this year. Cut two. Tell us something, Andy. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Oh, don't go on a rant. Do his don't go on a victory lap dance. <laughs> After four years of the, the crappiest Trump as the mayor of New York, 
The that's only thing that year. Democrats and Republicans can that's agree how, on I mean, is, is what how, a horrible mayor is he has he, been. Wow. So sayonara, sucker. Wow. 2022. I mean, it's a new year. Because guess what? I have a feeling of which, I'm going to be standing right here which. next year. <laughs> and you know who I'm not going to be looking at? Dancing as the city <laughs> comes aboard. Hey, good for Andy. <laughs> good for him, Andy Cohen. I've actually met Andy a couple of times. A very smart guy. Let's face I don't like the Real Housewives, the Desperate Housewives, and all their antics. I find it very tedious, very uh, not real, very fake. But he is a smart dude, and he has a background in traditional news. He worked for Dan Rather for a time. Well, traditional fake news. Anyway, look, he's uh, you can talk to that guy. He's pretty interesting. So uh, good for him. Let's see. What else did I want to go through here? Oh, they said, uh, what did Candace Owens say? She's terrific. Cut 45. This is Candace Owens. You know about her, right? Um, she's a conservative. She happens to be. Well, let me listen to you. Let's listen to it first. What did she say? Cut, cut 45. Where do you stand on these vaccine mandates? Well, I stand on forget about the mandates that people have to have their freedom. But at the same time, the vaccine is one of the greatest achievements of mankind. We would have had a 1917, remember the Spanish flu, killed perhaps 100 million people. Actually, it ended the First World War because the soldiers were so. A lot of people don't know that. The soldiers got so sick. It was a terrible thing. There were no vaccines. There was no anything. I came up with a vaccine, with three vaccines. All are very, very good. Came up with three of them in less than nine months. It was supposed to take five to 12 years. Right. Uh that's, I agree with all that. What Candace Owens was getting at is uh, she's not for the vaccine, I can tell. I'm, not, I'm, I'm all right with the vaccine. It's up to you. And just like President Trump, not for the mandates. Uh, we don't like mandates. So yesterday I Meet the Press, they were trying to say that anybody who showed up on January 6th came from a county where white population was decreasing and people of color were on the rise, suggesting that January 6th had a big racial component which is a lie. And I tell you what, Candace Owens, who is a remarkable, happens to be a woman of color, I could totally see her as a future president of the United States. I would like that. People like her, people like Sheriff Clark, people like Byron Donalds, people like Burgess Owens, people like um, – who was the HUD secretary that I really liked? The uh, former cardiac surgeon. Um these all happen to be people of color, and they all happen to be heroes in the MAGA movement, big time. And any of them would be a great president right after President Trump gets his next four years. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Who doesn't like the Andy Griffith Show? It's an American classic. Everybody does. Andy Griffith, right? Great guy. Great actor, by the way. There's an awesome movie called Face in the Crowd. He wasn't such a friendly, nice guy in that movie, but boy, that was great. Anyway, uh, Andy Griffith. Uh, wasn't really my favorite show, but uh, it was a good show. I'm not going to quarrel with it, quibble with it. That's what fake news freak Ted Koppel did not too long ago. This is amazing. It's a great American classic. You don't know who can have something bad to say about that show. Well, Ted Koppel found a reason to be upset. Why? Well, after all these years, it went off the air in 1968. 
He discovered through a great deal of research that, in his opinion, it did not have enough black people in the show. So he goes down to North Carolina where the show was set. He found the little town. It's uh, Mount Airy, not Mayberry, Mount Airy. That's the hometown of Andy Griffith. It was all based on that. And and Ted Koppel goes around trying to tell everybody, you know, this show is a great big fraud. And he's making fun and mocking people for liking the show. It's absolutely disgusting how he handles himself. Here he is with real Americans. He comes across like the elitist snob that he is. Clueless snob, by the way. Here he is talking to some good people who like the Andy Griffith show. Hey, that's okay. I used to go to Star Trek conventions a million years ago, okay? These people like the Andy Griffith show, so they go to see where it was made. Nothing wrong with that. Where Andy Griffith came from. Cut 52. As if on cue, the Foster family from Pomeroy, Ohio showed up. Watch it four hours, Monday through Friday. Yeah. It's no exaggeration. That's it. You left the good part out. All right. Anyway, he starts, he makes fun of them. Why the hell do you watch this show? It turns your brain into mush. Does all these horrible things to you. And there were no black people in it. And there were just, you you shouldn't watch the show. And oh, by the way, January 6th happened and it was Trump's fault. He pisses everybody off in the town, and then he leaves. It's just, but the wisdom, the elegance, the beauty is in that town. The ugliness, the prejudice is in Ted Koppel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into more detail tonight. All right, it's time to take some phone calls. Uh, let's see here, uh, Sandra in the Bronx. Hello. Hi, Greg. How are you? Terrific. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, and and congratulations on your baby. So, Thank you. um, Thank you. I just want to, um, I just want to talk about two things. Um, one is the um, the current mayor that is coming in. Yeah, and he is uh, like we see, it's not really competent. Um, he uh, just released his four point plan for New York City. He's going to distribute antiviral pills once they become available. Mm. He's going distri- to distribute high-grade medical masks. <laughs> he's going to uh, mandate private sector vaccines, and he's going to mandate children's vaccinations in schools. So there is no talk about, absolutely no talk about how to get healthy. I know you've been talking on your show how to get healthy, how to get fit. There is no talk about, you know, how to boost your immune system. How to people, how like giving people choice and freedom and um, how to get these antiviral treatments because they are available. You know, people are not really informed. They're available. And notice this, Sandra. It's always I'm going to we're going to we're going to we'll do this. We'll do this. We'll do this. It's always someday. He's acting like the red flag. What's the other thing? What's the other thing you wanted to say? The other thing is I want to say is the mandate. And uh, we're going, and me and a bunch of parents are going to Albany on Wednesday, all eyes on that. Uh, they're trying to mandate the vaccines for children. Yeah. So I don't care what everybody wants to decide for themselves. They can decide it should be a freedom of choice. Everybody should have their own decision to make for themselves. But they are going, and the uh, assembly is coming together. Uh, they are introducing a bunch of bills. They will mandate vaccinations, um, COVID-19. I don't like any of this, uh, Sandra. I wish right. you luck up there in Albany. How are you getting there? And are you staying overnight? Uh, it's a terrible to town. 
we are going with the bus. So it's a New York Freedom Rally. Guys, come check it out. Uh, register if you still can. Okay. Uh, stop the mandates in New York, New York right. State. We're going back. Okay. Uh, good luck up there, Sandra. I applaud what you're doing. And Albany's okay. I mean, if you're from Albany, that's great. But uh, but you know what I mean. Um, let's see here. Uh, John is in Westchester. Hello. Hey, John. I'm sorry. Hey, Greg. You're John. Love the show. Thank you. Yeah, I got it. What's up? <laughs> Uh, congratulations on the baby, oh, you, you and your wife. Thank you, thank hey, you. Hey, uh, Greg. Yeah. Don't you think this mayor has a responsibility to make sure he's safe so that he can serve the people? Of course he does. And also, but why would he not want cops around him? What kind of mentality because, says, because I don't want cops around the road, me? Because down the road, he is going to be swayed by the left. To defund the police. There's something else going it. on here, man. There's something else going on here. Uh, lead, none, leading the life that he leads. And I've heard a few things about Eric. Who knows what's true, what's not? I'm not going to repeat any of them because I don't know what's true or not. But something right. tells me right. he's a little uncomfortable with the police watching his every move, if you know what I mean. Well, what happened to the, uh, uh, don't you think by now he would have instituted the uh, anti-crime unit by now? which he claims he said he was going to do when he became mayor. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to stand that thing up right away. But look, you can create, you can do all the reorganization on a chart. Uh, That's one thing. But you also need leadership. And I don't see him having that capacity. I don't see, all due respect to the new police commissioner, I mean, I'm sorry, you don't take somebody from a suburban small police department, not even in charge of it, and says, say, you're in, you're, now you're running 50,000 people, and they're all going to say, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. I mean, it just doesn't work yeah. that way. That's a reality. Yeah, he's, he's got to show, he should have a detail, and he's got to show that he's up, up front, and he's not going to tolerate the city one more day and well, be strong about it. Yeah. You know, uh, on his weak. watch, on his watch, somebody got beat up right in front of him. And all he could yep. do, all he could do was pick up the phone like any other schmuck like me. This is what I do when I, when like I he was, cut 49. He like he was ordering. Uh, yes, uh, I'm at Broadway in Casciasco and I have an assault in progress. Uh, three males. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. You're right. He sounded like he was ordering a pizza, right? It just sounded so yeah. so blasé. Yeah. Hey. Well, I love the show, Greg. Keep up the good work. Right, By the way, what? congratulations on the uh, sobriety. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I, uh, yeah. Why? I'm in 34 years already. Good for you. Good for you. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's a better way to live. Uh, thank you, John. God has, oh. God has a plan for us. we got to stick to it. Yes, we do. And we can, you know, there's a way you can get to know that plan by talking directly to him. And you got to do it through the Bible. That's the first step, the, the step. And uh, thank you, John, very, very much. Good stuff. All right. What's the situation? All right. It is time. Uh, be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Wow. January 3rd. Happy New Year. We've got how many years? Full Three full years of Biden's official term in office, right? 22, 23, 24. Something tells me these years are going to fly by. I mean, fast, fast. This should be a pretty amazing year. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Democrat Congress being sent home 
and uh, we can get back to some work. And let's see. Ever been to France? I noticed something. Um, I've been to France a few times in my life, but the rest of the world does it this way. We do it very, very differently. Take France. When it's during the daytime, everybody says bonjour to each other. Bonjour, 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 bonjour. That's how people say hello to each other. And then at 3 o'clock, maybe it's a little bit later, like 6 o'clock on the dot, everybody switches to bonsoir, bonsoir, bonsoir. You get on an elevator, total stranger, bonsoir, everybody, bonjour, and then it goes to bonsoir. Why is it in America we have literally about 10,000 different ways to say hello to each other? It doesn't matter what time of day it is. You know, hello, how you doing, hiya, howdy, what's up? How are you? How are you? Uh, hey, uh, hi there. Uh, ho there. Uh, you know what I mean? It's um, good night, good evening, uh, good day. Nobody goes around saying good day. I was on a show called Good Day New York. Nobody ever actually said good day. Um, isn't that interesting? I don't know. Maybe it's not. It's, I think it comes down to the fact that we've got people from all over the world. And uh, there's not one way to do things, and that's okay. I'm all right with that. Sometimes I would like a little bit more direction, a little bit more cohesion, a little bit more culture, I guess is the word, culture, a blueprint for living. So Ted Koppel, who's just can't believe that anybody would like the Andy Griffith show because there were not enough black people in it, all right? That's his beef with the Andy Griffith show, not enough black people in the Andy Griffith show. Next up for Ted Koppel, I understand fresh off the success of laying a guilt trip on all those people in that small town in North Carolina and the tourists who showed up to say they liked Andy Griffith. And he said they were wrong because there were not enough black people in Andy Griffith. He's going to show up at Cape Kennedy in Florida where they launched all those missions to the moon between 1968 and 1972. And all the tourists come to see that. And you know what he's going to say? He's going to say, you know, we didn't have any black astronauts back then. So maybe you shouldn't have come here. That's the kind of crap he's pulled here with those poor people in North Carolina. Ted Koppel, fake news freak. Fake news freak. It's astonishing. It's making fun of these people for liking the Andy Griffith show because it was so unrealistic. Well, it's television, number one. And the reason why people liked Andy Griffith is it often had a message. Actually, Andy Griffith said it, every story had to have a moral. Every episode had to have a moral. What's the mo- Ted Koppel works at CBS now, not ABC. Oh, by the way. Maybe you should go over to ABC and do a story on them and why 50 years ago they only hired white guys. Hmm? You want to do that story, Ted? That'd be fair. Oh, yes, I know. They had a black anchor, one, who didn't make it because you guys tripped him up every step of the way. And he turned to drugs. His name was Max Robinson. He was based in Chicago. I thought he was great. You guys gave him a hard time. I know that for a fact, by the way. You guys tortured that guy. So why don't you go back to ABC News and talk about all the white hires while you're on it, champ? You got to see this. And then he gets on a trolley. What could be further idyllic trolley in the middle of Mount Airy, North Carolina? They're just going to go for a ride. And he gets on and starts telling them, 
Who do you think's responsible for January 6th? Uh, is Joe Biden a legitimate president or not? He's pushing their buttons. And you see this on the daily, on the daily show. You know, they send some hotshot correspondent to talk to the regular people and try to make them look stupid. And guess what? People who don't talk about politics every single day, you know, it's, it's easy to like, it's like me talking about physics. I don't know what the hell's going on. Explain to me momentum, Greg Kelly. Uh, you got to have it. I don't I don't know anything. I mean, people are good at certain things and everybody's really good at something. And Ted Koppel was good at condescension, I guess. Conde- you know, I ran into Ted. One- eh, should I tell this story? It's kind of water under the bridge. Let's just say Ted and I had a run in in a place called Iraq and I was downtown and he was somewhere else. Um uh, I'll leave it at that for now. Maybe I'll revisit the issue. (sighs) All right. With that in mind, I should. Oh, it's true. Joe Biden handed out the gold medal to all the Capitol Hill cops. Now, I love cops. You know that. And you sign. It's a tough job. But let's face it. They screw up sometimes. And the Capitol Hill police, whether it was Nancy Pelosi's fault, which I think it was. But that was a bad day. And they all got gold medals. Here's Joe Biden handing out gold medals to the cat. You think he's trying to, why is he doing this? Politics, the worst kind too. Go ahead. On behalf of a grateful nation, thank you, thank you, thank you for protecting our capital. Maybe even more importantly, for protecting our constitution and saving the lives of duly elected members of the Senate and the House and their staffs. In these moments when we're still debating, these were tragic hours back then. You stood in the breach. You did your duty, duty to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Maybe their duty, as assigned by Nancy Pelosi, was to let some of those protesters inside. How did that guy with the horns hat actually get into the Senate? How did he get in there? Well, I've got proof that they let him in. They let them in there. No wonder why Joe Biden's handing out the gold medal. He's grateful. Because this was a false flag way to frame somebody for something and then persecute them for what they did. Those protesters, they were they were led into the ambush. They were. Wow. That's something. That is wild. All right. We've got plenty of time to talk about January 6th tonight, later in the week, on January 6th, of course. I do want to uh, go into this. I, look, Matt, this is on you. I don't know too much about this Antonio Brown character from the Buccaneers, but he had a meltdown in front of everybody on the field, and the announcers were, were reacting. He was stripping off his equipment and running around, uh, and this is what they said. Go ahead. Antonio Brown, that's Antonio Brown without his uniform, we are told, without his jersey. And running out of the field, I don't know if that could have been a penalty. All right, Janelle, get after that. we got to find out what's going on there. She's got to catch him first. It's unbelievable. 
He's had his issues off the field. Now he's on the field creating an issue. Guys, very odd situation. Antonio Brown boiled over, very upset on the sideline, took off his shoulder pads. Mike Evans, O.J. Howard trying to convince him to keep them on. Obviously, they were unable to do so. He tossed his shoulder pads, tripped off his shirt and glove, threw those into the crowd, then ran across the field while the teams were still on the field, giving the crowd a peace-out sign. I'll let you know when we hear something official on his status. Thank you, Jen. It may be an Antonio Brown out in Tampa Bay. At some point, enough is enough. Obviously, the team was frustrated, but over on the sideline, Jen Hale described that, that he was angry. Somebody tried to calm him down. I think it was Mike Evans. So he took off his jersey and then his shirt. And then as he throws this in, he was moving around on the field when they weren't snapping the ball, but the teams were on the field lined up for a play. And there's his I, I've never seen anything like that. Media. I've been affiliated with the NFL for over 30 years, and I have never right. seen anything like that in those 30 years. It, I, it's just baffling. So, yeah, I thought it was like some crazy fan that ran out there at first. Uh, didn't seem that bad to me. I mean, he took off his took off his shoulder pads and ran on onto the field. Who is that Yankee? Who was the Yankee who was so mad? I mean, we see huge rumbles in in baseball a couple of times a year. Who was the Yankee who was throwing the bats into the field out of the dugout? There was some guy who did that. Who was that nut job coach, Earl Weaver? He would go, he would have meltdowns like that. Didn't sound that bad, but anyway, it's bad, I guess. Uh, and here's the coach saying the guy's fired. Antonio Brown is fired. He is no longer a buck. All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. That's it. I want to know a little bit more about that. Uh, and Tom Brady, he's the quarterback of the Buccaneers, the Bucks. What did he say? Yeah, I mean, that's um, obviously a, a difficult situation. And, um, you know, I think we all want, you know, him to, to you know, just think everybody should find, uh, you know, hopefully do what they can to help him in ways that, that you know, he really needs it. And, um, you know, we all love him. We care about him deeply. Um, you know, we want to see him be at his best and, you know, unfortunately won't be with our team, but, um, you know, we have a lot of friendships that, that will last. And again, I think the most important thing about football are the relationships with their, your friends and your teammates and they go beyond the field. And, um, you know, I think everyone should, should be very compassionate and empathetic toward, you know, um, some very difficult things that are happening. Hmm. Class act, that Tom Brady. I'll be empathetic and sympathetic right after I'm done laughing at him a little bit. I mean, come on. I mean, just a guy gets $50 million a year and gets upset because uh, the coach told him to not play or told him to play. What was the what was his grievance again? What did he want to do? What? You're talking about Brown, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He said he was uh, a little bit injured okay, and that he didn't want to play. Want him to play and he did not want to play. Because he was injured. Yes. These guys basically want to play. He probably might have had an injury. I'm, I'm, I might even be on Antonio Brown's side. You know, you get, the boss, they can push you. Sometimes they push you too far. But I like Tom Brady a lot. He spoke, gosh, let's face it, that guy, he's pretty amazing. He is an amazing specimen. And I know he has a real serious work ethic. All right. Uh, we got a moment. Shoot. All right. I got a bunch of calls and then I got to tell you something about tonight. And then the most important word of the day. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Uh, 
Not to brag, but uh, a number of news organizations uh, cited me as having either the best or one of the best social media accounts in the entire world. Uh, Vox.com, Mediaite, Rolling Stone, at Greg Kelly USA, if you want to find out what all the fuss is about. And what the fuss is about is, uh, quite frankly, there's no real secret, speaking boldly the truth, okay? If you're not afraid of the truth, if you're not afraid to, uh, you know, (laughs) just say it, say it, put a little spin on it, try to make it a little bit funny and see what happens And uh, you can have a lot of fun and you can make a lot of headway. However, I am furious that, and I consider her a friend, Marjorie Taylor Greene has been kicked off of Twitter forever. She said something they said was wrong about COVID. You know, I wonder what would happen if I went on social media right now and said, nobody should wear masks. You know, a mask may make you feel better. But it really does very little to protect you in a pandemic situation, and it could actually exacerbate the situation because you are constantly touching your face and potentially your eyes, and therefore transmissibility is a potentially increased factor. That's Fauci. Fauci said all that crap. (laughs) Fauci said it out loud. What if I said that on social? Would I be canceled? Would I kicked off? No mass! Yeah, probably would, because now masks, it's like they they change it. They decide. They decide. They decide. I don't like Marjorie. Now, Greg, it's a private platform. This is what they say to me all day long. It's private. It's run by people. Well, sometimes um, that's like kind of a, it's kind of like a, a, a loophole, if you think about it. This is censorship. And if there's no other way to get your the word out, for somebody like Marjorie Taylor, what's she going to do? Stand on the street corner? I mean, that's freedom of speech, right? But if they cut off your audience, is that speech? Don't you need an audience? Don't you need people to hear what you're saying? There's a tree falling down in the woods. Can you hear that? However that thing goes. Which you really can break your brain when you think about it. Um, Twitter is too big for Twitter. Facebook is too big for Facebook. Google is too big for Google. Amazon is too big for Amazon. And oh, by the way, did you see those pictures of Jeff Bezos? I mean, what a full-on total jerk he made of himself. He used to be a nice guy, you know, like the guy you'd see in the bookstore. Kind of goofy, but nice. And now he's like Dr. Evil. He's like a uh, he's like Dr. Evil with that. Well, I won't say anything about his girlfriend, so I'll just leave it at that. He's, you know... Just not very nice. Not very nice at all. So these companies need to be taken from them. I do believe. It's been done before. AT&T, the breakup of AT&T. Uh, the breakup of Microsoft. That actually happened. They divided into three companies, right? The antitrust stuff. They're getting too big. We can't trust them. They're not trustworthy. Uh, we got to take it back. Uh, okay, a little bit. Oh, and then the other thing. Oh, I'll get to that in a moment before I go. Uh, good stuff on the show tonight. Um Who's been on hold for a while? Uh, Tony in Pennsylvania. Hello. Oh boy, Greg. Thank you much. Uh, listen, on the voter ID, mm. when I registered to vote when I was 18 years old in New York State, I had to produce valid ID like a driver's license or a birth certificate to show I was a resident of the state and a citizen of the United States and old enough to vote. Now, uh, I bought a lottery ticket in Middletown, New York. I had to produce 
my driver's license, according to the guy at the, uh, at the cash register, to show I was over 21 years of age. Now, these people are saying they don't, they don't want to have, provide uh, ID to vote. I don't understand that. Yeah, well, nobody what, does. What's, what's going on here is they don't want to, they want to control elections. They want to, <laughs> they want to make it as yeah. easy as possible for, you know, 10,000 union members, uh, to vote a certain way that they can represent. You know, it's a scam. I know it's a scam. Uh, but you do know, you do know though, you don't need a, you don't need ID to show up and vote in New York State. You know that, right? No, but they can challenge you. I work the polls. They can challenge each and every voter that comes in. For proof of residence. Yeah, I'm sure they, they can, but as a book. as a practical matter, I mean, I don't think I've ever shown my ID to vote. I would be totally fine with it, but yeah. they, they, they do that silly yeah. signature thing. Yeah, look, man, you speak the truth. We know it. Where in Pennsylvania are you? Uh, in Matamoros. You like... Uh, if I could say one thing... What? One thing quick on January 6th. Yeah. I, I don't want to hold you up. I know it's getting close. Uh, January 6th, uh, why is Biden... Uh, Biden, to me, and, and Merrick Garland, it, it, they're just like Xi Jinping and Adolf Hitler, if you will, because they're not giving the people in jail who haven't been charged with insurrection any medical care, medical attention. They're not allowing them to shower. They're not. Uh, this is a prison camp. This is no different than the Chinese government, how they treat the Uyghurs. It's this pretty, is the United States of America. I, and it's an outrage. I, and I see that Joe Biden did not follow my advice. I urged him to visit those prisoners during Christmas. He did not do that. He doesn't want to lose his base. I'm saying, Joe, it doesn't matter anyway. You're not going to be reelected. You're not going to be around for that much longer. We all know that. It's going to end somehow. I, I want Joe to live to be 100. I'm not talking about that. I just – whatever's going to happen, he's not going to be president for eight years. So um, – I have a lawyer on, Mr. McBride, who's representing some of the prisoners who are being held and being mistreated, as you said. That's tonight. Thank you, Tony, very much. Uh, Scott in New Jersey. Yes, hi. Hey, Greg, how are you? Greg, I have a question about, um, with all the talk of the red wave coming this year, do you have any concerns about the upcoming election with fraud? Yes, I do. Yes. That's why I think they're keeping COVID going as much as possible so they can pull all kinds of shenanigans. Now, it's harder to do with these various local races than one great big national race, which I know is a bunch of smaller races as well. Right. So, yes, I am uh, vigilant. I am concerned. And uh, that's a big chunk of why they want to keep COVID going in uh, in this manner. Yeah. You know what? You agree? I definitely agree. Sure. You know, I'm afraid I hope this country can last three years. Hey, wait a second, Scott. You're the guy who called a while ago and you were feeling like so down in the dumps, right? No, this is my first time. Oh, good. All right. Well, welcome to the show. You sound good. Thank you. Uh, thank uh, you. Mary in Manhattan. Hi. Hi, Greg. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, you are a most excellent mimic, by the way. Um, <laughs> Greg, I don't know if anybody, uh, well, if you noticed and if you didn't, we have to dig it up. When they were charging the steps of the Capitol on January 6th, there was one Capitol officer who stood there and he said, I don't agree with this. As if to say he was put up to just stand there and do nothing. And, of course, we know that, what's her name? Nancy, darling Nancy. She is the person who, that's her domain, right? The Capitol, that was yeah. her stage thing. And also, I just want to, as an aside, could, isn't it possible that um, uh, the mayor um, staged that thing in the subway? You know? I don't think he staged it. Everybody was asking that. It didn't really accrue to his benefit. I mean, I know it's working out that way. The headlines are, oh, oh look at him. But I mean, I don't see how that... 
I don't see where he comes out ahead. I, you know, yeah, I also staging something that's a real risk if he gets found out, although they would have covered up for him. He just looked like a hapless guy with a phone. And we just elected a mayor. We spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on that dopey election. Three point five percent of the population voted for him. He's walking around like he's the emperor. So it's a big joke. Mary, thank you. I want to take uh, Carol. She's been on hold for a long time. Yes. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I only got a half a minute left. Yeah, I'll be quick. Uh, Eric Adams did not handle that situation properly. If that was Curtis, he would have gone to those people and confronted them. I don't like the way he handled that situation. I totally agree. We know what Curtis would have done. He would have possibly saved somebody a broken jaw, whatever happened. Listen, thank you, folks. Oh, well, I'll see you tonight and tomorrow.